ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the January 24th, 2016 edition of Season 3 of The Court Report on the Nahum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Every week, we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. As we uh, get down to the playoff times, Crown Trophy's names will be ever more apparent on uh, this year's championship hardware. Uh, if you've won a championship, though, over the last decade, uh, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach of analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Court Report on this snowy Sunday. For those of you that uh, that went through yesterday's blizzard, uh, I commend you for sticking through it. You uh, you guys are rock stars. Uh, if you are away on vacation, thank you for tuning in to us uh, on your vacation on some sandy uh, beach somewhere. Thank you for uh, for taking the time and uh, please throw some good weather our way. This was this was horrific. Like I'm I'm doing the show from my house right now. There's no way anybody is really going anywhere. So if you're able to move around, I commend you. But please be safe, be careful. Uh, but if you are, uh, if you're a Shiva League fan, this couldn't have come at a better time because it's an, in a week where it will not affect school, which is of course, of course, the best thing out of this. But it will also no, not affect any games. I think the, I think the league is uh, breathing a sigh of relief that this isn't next week when we have a massive amount of games. There are so many games and just about all of them. I mean, if you take hockey and basketball combined, just about all of them are extremely important. It would be a really, really, really bad thing for this to uh, have happened next week. For those of you tuning in on Sunday night, we realize that you are also tuning in during the NFC Championship game, and we thank you for that. Um, On that note, I want to remind you that in two weeks' time, Nachum Siegel Network will be proud to announce its kosher halftime show during halftime of the big game. That's right. Uh, for the third year in a row, the Nachum Siegel Network will be putting on a halftime spectacular. Last year, Schlockrock tore down the house. And this year, from the Teaneck Doghouse, we will have... We don't know yet. Tune in to, uh, tune in to JM in the AM tomorrow, I believe, to find out who the headlining act for this show is. It's always a great event. Last year was, uh, was a great show. And, uh, as you can only expect from Nachum Siegel and Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, for those that saw the promotion this week, Nachum put out the picture of this amazing burger, and uh, he wants you to name it. So go on to the Nachum Siegel Network uh, Facebook page. Take a look at the uh, at this huge honkin' burger with uh, 
beef patty, a pretzel, toasted pretzel bun, a thin slice of grilled kishka, fried onions, lettuce, tomato, Russian dressing. I'm having a push. To, I'm trying to get a push together to name it the Weisel Burger. So if you can go on there and uh, support my push, that would be amazing. I think we should all just get on that and start calling this the Weisel Burger. It'll be available uh, that Saturday night and that Sunday uh, of the game. Um, just taking a look now at this week. It was crazy going through this. I had to spend literally the entire week preparing for this show, and once I got through it, it was the, the sheets that I'm using to take a look for this for this week's show are insane. I, I really wanted to get two uh, girls uh, today as well, but just with all of the uh, all the insanity of uh, the, even just varsity basketball. It's going to be tough to get through. Uh, we may still be here tomorrow discussing what we need to discuss uh, for the playoff scenarios for varsity basketball. JV basketball wasn't as difficult. Varsity basketball is going to be a trip. That might literally take half to, half to two-thirds of the show just by itself. So we are going to hold off the girls' playoff scenarios until next week as a result when we can give it much more time. I I. I tend to believe that this it's going to take around 50 minutes just to get through uh, the varsity and JV basketball playoff scenarios uh, just by itself. Uh, for those of you that missed last week's episode for the hockey playoff preview, well, we're going to have part of it, uh, hopefully, uh, this week in the Jewish link. Um, every year I write a, uh, a pre-playoff piece, at least for the West, in the Jewish link. So pick up your copy uh, this week of the uh, Jewish link, the Bergen County paper, uh, to see some part, at the very least, of the playoff preview for hockey that we went through last week. So let's dive into the craziness right now because we really don't have enough time. Let's start off our basketball playoff scenario show with varsity basketball. First, let's run through the games from the past two weeks, starting out uh, at the West, uh, starting out in the West, uh, starting out at the top of the West. Heschel took two games over the past two weeks, first defeating JEC 59 to 41 and then defeating SAR 61 to 40 in the uh, in the JEC game. Sam Schwartzman and Enolana Orgel led the game with 16 and 14 respectively for Heschel. The loss for JEC dropped them to 8 and 5 and out of contention for the second seed as a result of Frisch's close two-point win over SAR 39-37, playing a slew of close games lately are the Frisch Cougars. Uh, Speaking of Frisch, JEC can only tie Frisch as they only have one game remaining, but Frisch holds the tiebreaker as a result of their 41-34 win over the Thunder back in early November. JEC was also somewhat set back by Hillel's 55-37 win over MTA, and as a result, the two are now tied and will face off next week in a winner-take-all battle for the third seed to end both of their respective seasons. We'll get back to MTA in just a second. Looking back to the Heschel SAR game, uh, the win locked up the division for the Heat as Schwartzman dropped 20 along with 11 rebounds. Uh, Dovi Marcus finished right behind Schwartzman with 19 points in the loss for SAR. The two are going to face again this coming Thursday night in the only game of the week. 
Back to MTA, though. The Lions left their game with their season hanging in the balance. As we told you two weeks ago, the Lions were in a heated battle with TABC for the final playoff spot. The two were tied at four wins, with TABC holding the tiebreaker. With MTA facing Hillel and Rambam as its last two games, and TABC facing Hafter, SAR, and DRS, an MTA win with no TABC win seemed to be a decent reality. I mean, sure, MTA lost its first chance in losing to Hillel, but with Rambam still remaining, it needed to hope that the higher position teams did their duty against the Storm. The first stop on that tour would be the Storm's game with Hafter that Wednesday night. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It did not end up as the Lions hoped. TABC's speed and perimeter game were too much for Hafter to handle, as the Storm matched their high-scoring output, defeating the Hawks 65-57. to The last time TABC topped the 60-point mark was the 65-45 to win over Ramaz to start the season, a stark difference in opposition from a 3-win Rams team to a 9-win Hafter team. But that notwithstanding, the shockwaves of this result carried to both leagues. In the West, TABC clinches a playoff spot and knocks out MTA and keeps in the race for the fifth seed. In the East, we'll cover exactly what that means in a minute when we get to the playoff scenarios, but the shakeup could be disastrous for the Hawks. In all fairness to Hafter, one could give them a pass for dropping this game, having played four games over the previous weekend in the Saturn tournament, including rough games with JEC and DRS in the same day, and the after-effects of that DRS game could very well have been lingering. But on the other hand, this was a game that Hafter simply needed to have standings-wise, and you'll understand why when we get to the playoff scenarios. As for the game high, that went to TABC's Mo Proctor, draining 24 in the win. In the last game on the week, SAR was able to salvage the week, taking a 42-30 win in a cross-conference game against Mag and David. The win keeps SAR a game up on TABC in the race for the fifth seed in the West. For Mag and David, it puts another nail in the coffin out of their playoff hopes, but they are not done just yet. They're currently 3-8 and eight and can help make the, and they can make the playoffs, but they do need help. Um, speaking of which, let's go to the varsity basketball standings, and then we'll break down all of the games for the coming week, uh, for the coming two weeks. In the East, DRS at 12-0 has clinched the division. Hafter is next up at 9-3 now. Rambam at 8-5. Flatbush at seven and four, YDE at seven and six, Hank and six and six, Mag and David at three and eight, North Shore and Shari Torah eliminated, North Shore at one and eleven, Shari at zero oh and eleven. Out in the West, Heschel locked up the division this week, uh, now at twelve and zero. Frisch behind them at nine and three, JEC and Hill all tied at eight and five. SAR at 6-6, six and six, TABC at 5-7, and seven, all those teams have clinched, MTA at 4-9, Ramaz at 3-10, Kushner at 2-11, all looking to the last games of the season. So, before we get, in, uh, before we get into the playoff scenarios, let's take a look at the week ahead. A massive, massive week of games, really. There are 16 games, not this week, uh, really, but actually there is... Uh, is there one game this week? Yeah, there's one game this week, the SAR Heschel. Uh, that'll be this week. But there are 16 games left, including 12 between the Wednesday that, that everybody comes back, between Wednesday the 3rd, Thursday the 4th, and Saturday the 6th, with every team being in action 
on at least one of those three nights. So everybody's still going right down to the wire with games literally happening the last three games of the season. Let's take a look at those games. Um, starting out this coming week, Heschel and SAR will do battle. Uh, we'll get to what these games mean a little later on. The next, sorry, next Monday, December, oh, sorry, that's December, February 1st. I wish it was still December, uh, the way, the way the weather is now. <laughs> Something tells me that a little less snow in December might be a little more helpful for the league right now. But February 1st, February 1st will be after Mag and David. Uh, it doesn't mean as much to these two teams as, uh, as it will to the JV, which we'll get to when we get to JV. Um... Tuesday will be TABC and SAR. Wednesday we'll have three games. It'll be Flappish, Mag, and David, Shari Toro, YDE, and Frisch Kushner. Thursday, a uh, big load of games, four games, DRS, TABC, and a cross-conference game. Uh, Ramaz, Flappish, and a cross-conference game. Hank and Mag and David will do battle in the Eastern game. Heschel and Frisch will meet up in a West game between the top two teams in the division. Um, and Saturday, Saturday, six, uh, six, no, five games. I'm sorry. Saturday we'll have we'll have five games. Hafter and DRS will meet up. Hank and Shari Tower will meet up. Rambam and MTA, Flatbush North Shore, and JEC and Hill with the winner getting the third team in the West. So a couple of really good matchups coming up over the next week. We'll have the top two teams currently in, in each division doing battle as Frisch and Heschel will meet up. And then you'll also have DRS and Hafter meeting up yet again. Now, the question is, will Hafter still be the second seed? going to be really honest with this. Um, the East is a mess. There are so many different possibilities for what could happen. My head was spinning just going through it all. I have a crib sheet in front of me of all the possible scenarios. I'm going to go through all of them, and I won't be surprised if people are lost by it. But I really hope I can do my best in explaining it. But it is going to be a doozy. We're going to start out in the West, because the truth is the West is so much easier to deal with. It's, it's really clean. There are the tiebreaker scenarios. There are very few tiebreakers that could actually happen. And when they do happen, there is an answer to all of them. Let's go through and you'll see why. Heschel at the top at 12-0, automatically the one. Frisch is the two. Why is that? Because, he, because no matter who wins the JEC Hillel game, Frisch has the tiebreaker over them. So Frisch will be the two. Heschel will be the one. Frisch will be the two. Let's just, sorry, I, before I do this, let me just explain a little bit as to how it works. The It's... Um, it's the top six teams make the playoffs in each conference. Top two get a bye. Three, four, five, and six square off with three hosting six from the same conference, four hosting five from the same conference. And then it'll reseed to one through four and then flip over with the, uh, with the other conference where the east highest seed will face the west lowest seed. The east second highest seed will face the west second lowest seed. The east third seed, third highest seed, will face the west second seed. And the east bottom seed will travel to the west highest seed. And the way it's going to work is the west one and the lowest east seed winner will face the winner of the east two third west seed. 
and the other two will place in the other bracket. As this goes along, we will give you teams that will actually help you, uh, you figure out uh, where the teams will face later on. But going back to the West now, as we said, Heschel the one, Frisch the two. These teams are automatically guaranteed buys. Moving down to the three, this is pretty clear cut. Right now, JEC and Hillel are tied at eight and five. One of these two teams will get to nine wins because the two of them are facing each other. As I said, JEC and Hillel are facing next Saturday night, February 6th. The winner of that game will get the will get the three seed. Gets a little interesting for the four seed. The reason it really comes because of SAR. Because let's say SAR wins out. SAR wins out. They'll have eight wins. It's uh you know it's obviously a big task because they have Heschel this coming Thursday night and and TABC next Tuesday. But let's say that happens. So let's say SAR wins out, goes eight and goes eight and six, and and let's say. That happens. SAR has a tiebreaker over Hillel, but not JEC. So if Hillel were to win this, were to win the game this uh, that sat, uh, next Saturday night, Hillel would be the three seed. JEC would be the four. SAR in that case would be the five. But if Hillel, sorry, if JEC were to win the game, if JEC were to win, JEC would be the three. Hillel and SAR would be tied for the for you know for fourth and fifth. SAR would have the tiebreak, so SAR would be the four. Hillel would be the five. Make sense to this point? I hope so. It's, it's, it's again, it's pretty simple. If Hillel loses, SAR still has a shot at the four seed. Right now, though, SAR is locked in a heavy battle with TABC, trying to keep the five seed. TABC is right on their heels. Um, a TABC win would uh, would make matters really difficult. Currently, with as, I mean, the two of them face next week and can end up tied at either six or seven wins. If they're tied at six wins, S, it means SAR went 0-2 in their last two games, having lost to TABC as one of them and, uh, and also losing to Heschel. TABC having beaten SAR but lost to DRS, the record, um, the record against, uh, the records against each other would be tied at one and one. So the next, so the next um, tiebreaker is record versus playoff teams. It would look like this: SAR against playoff teams was two and seven, with their only wins being TABC and Hillel. For TABC, they would be three and seven, beating JEC, having beaten SAR in order to get to this point and also having beaten Hafter. So if they end up tied at six, it means that TABC will take the division. Well, sorry, not the division. will take the five seed. If they're tied at seven wins, SAR went one and one. It means that they lost to TABC but defeated Heschel. Um, and TABC also beat DRS in the process. So that's the only way they can get to seven wins. It only means that both teams picked up one extra win. So SAR would be three and six, and TABC would be four and six. So same result. So essentially this, if the two teams are tied, it means that TABC will have the tiebreaker over SAR. So essentially it's like this. Heschel and Frisch is a one and two. Either JEC or Hillel would be guaranteed a home game if if uh, Hillel wins, Hillel and JEC will be hosting either SAR or TABC, depending what happens down the back stretch 
if Hill, uh, if JEC wins, we'll have to wait. To, uh, well, they'll already know. They'll already know at that point. But I'm just saying for for the sake of making things easier, it'll depend on what happened in SAR's games and TABC and TABC's game, including the game um, between the two of them uh, next Tuesday night to really straighten out the division. Uh, again, by the eighth, when we um, we'll have everything for you in a nice, neat little package. Um, if you thought that was a little uh, hard to digest, you will absolutely hate what is going to go on in the East. Because right now, DRS is the only team guaranteed a particular spot. DRS is the one seed. Everything below that is up in the air. The loss for Hafter really, really put them in a tough position. Right now, they're at 9-3. and three. They are not guaranteed the two. Not only that, the two games that they have remaining, one is against Mag and David, the other is against DRS. They're going to have a very tough time locking up the two. Again, it's in their control. If Hafter wins out, they're guaranteed the two. If not, if they lose a game, they're at the mercy of Flatbush. Why is that? Let's remember back earlier in the season, Flatbush defeating Hafter, Stunner. Now Flatbush at four losses, seven and four. And the schedule that they have left, not exactly the hardest teams in the division. Having Mag and David, having Ramaz, and having and uh, and having North Shore. Taking a look at that, Mag and David three wins, North Shore one win, Ramaz three wins. Flatbush can very easily run the table, go 10-4. and four. If Hafter loses one of those games, if Hafter loses, say, to DRS, which they haven't really shown to this point that they're, ready, that they're capable of beating DRS, if they go 10-4, and four, Flatbush jumps over them. Flatbush gets the two-seed. So Flatbush... You know, Hafter, a team that for the most part looked like they would cruise into the into at least a first round bye, will drop from a first round bye into having to play a first round home game. Um, and Flatbush, a team that looked very much in the middle, will have jumped up and into the second spot in the East. Um, so that's a, one of those really interesting scenarios that can play out. But there's another team that's involved in that mix, and that's Rambam. The truth is, Rambam, uh, Rambam, Hafter, and Flatbush could end up in a three-way tie. Now, what happens if that's the case? Because then they're fighting for the two, three, and four um, at nine wins, because the other the other two teams in, uh, in the race, YDE and Hank, can't reach nine wins. So they'll be the two, three, and four. Hank and YDE will uh will then fit into the five and six spot in a particular in any particular order. We'll get to that at some point later on tonight. Um hopefully tonight and after this, not tomorrow. Um but Flatbush, Hafter and Rambam. Let's say that those three teams end up tied at nine wins. That being the case, each team split against the other. Hafter lost to Flatbush but beat Rambam. Rambam lost to Hafter but beat Flatbush. Flatbush lost to Rambam but beat Hafter. So the two, so the three teams will be tied at one and one in the first tiebreak, which is head to head. So what it would do is it would go to record against playoff teams. Right now, Hafter is five and two. At the very, very worst, even if Mag and David were to 
Um, sorry, we'll get to that in a second. Hafter's five and two. Rambam is three and five. Flappers is four and four. So Flappers really right behind Hafter, but it's not really going to matter because r- the worst that Hafter can be is five and four. That would mean that they lost to Mag and David, who would have had to have made the playoffs, and they would have lost to DRS. But even but it's a catch twenty two because Mag and David needs to win out. That would mean that Mag and David would need to have beaten both Hafter and Flappers. So Flappers at four and four right now. It only changes if Mag and David makes the playoffs because if Mag and David doesn't. Their record stays at four and four. But if Mag and David makes the playoffs, Mag and David will have had to beat Hafter. So their record will change from four and four, but it'll go to four and five. So there's no way that they can catch Hafter in that tiebreak. So Hafter will be the two. That'll take care of that. Um, I the question the question beyond that is what happens between. Uh, between the two uh, the two teams, the question is whether or not they fall in line and ha- and keep and keep in line with this in this tiebreaker. I believe it goes back to two teams uh, to the two team tiebreak. In that case, Rambam and Flatbush head to head. Rambam would get the three, uh, having defeated Flatbush. Flatbush would get the four. I believe that's how it works. I don't think it stays in that tiebreak scenario, where in this case it would be Hafter getting the. After getting the two, Flappish at four and four, Rambam at three and five. I believe that once you drop one of those teams out, it goes back to the to uh, to a two-team tiebreak. So it'll be Hafter, Rambam, and Flatbush in that order if the two if the three teams end up tied. Now the more likely scenario, though, um, because even if Rambam does get to nine, I firmly believe that Flappish and Hafter will be above them. So it's more likely that at some point Rambam will likely be will more likely be entrenched in a battle with YDE or Hank. Personally, I think that I think that Flappish is going to climb above all those teams. I think that it's very likely that Hafter will drop down to the three. Flappish will be the two. Rambam will be the four, uh, having uh, MTA as their last game. But you never really know. So you really got to try to take a look at all the possible scenarios that could happen. There are three possible scenarios that can happen at eight wins. And there's one scenario that can happen with teams at seven wins. So let's try to go through them as much as we can. Let's just go through the tiebreakers at first so that people know where they are. Hafter and Rambam. Hafter beat Rambam, so Hafter has a tiebreak over Rambam in any scenario. Flatbush beat Hafter. Flatbush has the tiebreak scenario over Hafter in any scenario. Rambam beat Flatbush, so Rambam has a tiebreak over Flatbush in any head-to-head scenario. YDE and Flatbush. YDE beat Flatbush. YDE has a tiebreak. Rambam and YDE, the two teams ended up tied. They split the season series. So it goes to percentage or uh, record versus playoff teams. That is in favor of Rambam, who is 3-5, as opposed to YDE, who is 3-6. The same holds with Rambam and Hank. The same exact scenario. Rambam, 3 and f- they tied. Um, they tied 1-1 one, one, um, in playoff uh, record versus playoff teams. Rambam's 3-5. Hank is 3-6. YDE and Hank is actually where it gets funny because YDE and Hank, they split their season series. Their record versus playoff teams is tied at three and six. So it would go to the next uh, playoff, uh, the next playoff tiebreaker. It'll be percentage or record versus the division. YDE's record in the division is currently six and five. 
Hank's record in the division is currently four and six. In order for them to be tied, it cannot work out that Hank catches YDE because YDE will either be seven and five in the division, where Hank will be six and six, or Hank or YDE will be six and six at a scenario where Hank will be five and seven. It's the only way they can end up that that it could end up being if they end up tied at any point. And if it comes down to Hank versus Mag and David uh, for playoffs uh, for playoffs, Mag and David will get the nod because they'll need to win out. Mag and David needs to win out in order to make uh, the playoffs. In order to be, but if they're tied, in order to tie Hank, and they're three and eight, they have three games remaining. If they were to win out, they'd be tied with Hank. But their last game is against Hank, and it would be the only game that those two teams face. Uh, each other. So, in that effect, Mag and David would need to have beaten Hank in order to be tied with them in the standings, meaning that they would have the tiebreaker over Hank and make the playoffs over Hank. Taking a look at the playoff scenarios now, among the teams that could be tied at eight wins, there are three of these. Follow along if you can. In the event that Rombaum, Flappish, and YDE are tied, that will go to head-to-head right away, where Rombaum and YDE are both 2-1-1. Flatbush is 0-2. Flatbush would automatically get the lowest seed. Rombaum will get the... Uh, it'll go Rombaum, YDE, Flatbush, because Rombaum has head-to-head over YDE. Um, so in that order, Rombaum, YDE, Flatbush. Let's say Rombaum, Flatbush, and Hank end up tied. Rombaum and Flatbush... Both have two to two to one head-to-heads. Hank has one and three, so Hank would end up on the lower end of that battle. Rombaum, having beaten Flatbush, would have the high end. It would be Rombaum, Flatbush, Hank. Let's say Rombaum, YDE, and Hank all tie at eight wins. Rombaum would get the nod because Rombaum, uh, Rombaum, YDE would both be two and one. Hank would be one and three. Uh, Rombaum would have the nod over YDE because they have the tiebreaker over YDE. So it would be Rombaum, YDE, and Hank. And mostly, it in, in really seems as if with eight wins, Rombaum will have, uh, will have the highest seed out of, out of any of the teams that they're facing. There is, however, a scenario where at eight wins, there is a four-way tie. We'll get to that in a second. Let's say that... Teams, let's say that Flatbush doesn't win any games. They lose the rest of their games. YDE and Hank both. Uh, YDE stays at seven and seven. Hank uh, Hank goes one and one in their last two games. They're also seven and seven. Flatbush is seven and seven. Let's say YDE, Hank, and Flatbush end up in a three-way tie at seven wins. Well, if that's the case, YDE would get the highest seed. YDE and Flatbush um, both tie tie in uh, head-to-head amongst the three teams at 2-1, with Hank at 1-3, but YDE having beaten Flatbush gives them the tie-break scenario. Again, I know this may be difficult to follow, but what I'm really giving you, I can't give you actual seeds because there are so many fluid parts, but I am going to give you what would happen in terms of order if, if certain teams tie. But again, the last scenario that I'm going to give you, because it's a toughie, is a possibility of a four-way tie between Rombaum, Flatbush, Hank, and YDE, all at 8-6. and six. In this scenario, it would come down to a four-way head-to-head 
of which Rombaum and YDE are both three and two. Flatbush is two and two. Hank is two and four. This would likely be, I'm going to say, it's going to be for three through six. If that's the case, Hank is the sixth seed. Flatbush is the five seed. Rombaum and YDE would have the tiebreak for the three and the four. Rombaum would get the tiebreak because they have the tiebreak over YDE. If you followed any and all of that, I commend you. Really, I do. It is really, really tough. It took me hours to put this together over vacation. I am so glad that there were no games or practices this week that uh, that I had to be at because it took me a long time to figure this out. So believe me, I'm with you. In order to simplify it, I'm going to do it this way by teams. DRS is the one. Hafter can either be the two or three. Rombaum can either be the two or four. YDE could either be the four, five, sorry, Rombaum could either be, go two, three, or four. YDE could either be four, five, or six. Hank could either be five, six, or out. Mag and David can only either be the sixth or out. Flatbush is the biggest uh, wild card. Flatbush is in, but Flatbush can wind up anywhere from a first round buy at two to having to have the lowest seed at the six. So they can really be anywhere. They could either be a first round buy, they could be hosting a first round game, or they can be traveling in the first round. So Flatbush with their three games will really do a lot to shape how uh, how the next uh, two weeks go. And I'm really praying that uh, that I don't have to uh, deal with anything as difficult as this anywhere else down the line. Again, the West was so easy. I only wish the East could have been just as easy. Unfortunately, it was not. Uh, we'll try to go through this again as much as we can next week. I'll, uh, if it needs to be simplified, I will do my best to to, to simplify it so that you can so that we can all understand it uh, together on the same length. Quickly, let's just move over to the newest Jewish Hoops America top 25 uh, for uh, actually for last week because we didn't go over it and because they haven't released a new one just yet. DRS at the top, still uh, undefeated. Heschel behind them at number two. After dropping from three to six with the loss in the uh, tournament, so they're now at the six tied with Jewish Day School of Rockville, Maryland. Frisch right behind them at eight. Um, dropping down uh, into the uh, teens, uh, SAR at 12, TABC at 13, Flatbush and JEC tied at 14, Flatbush moving up from the 16th spot, Hank at 18, Hillel at 21, YDE and Rambam receiving votes on the outside looking in, but still in the discussion for the top 25 for the week. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. I am your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the weeks in Yeshiva League basketball as well as the Yeshiva League basketball playoff preview. With uh, varsity basketball out of the way and all that said, let's move over to JV basketball. First, let's go through the games from the past few weeks. 
starting out in the East. Big game in the East between two teams fighting for the East crown, DRS and Magan David. DRS coming into the game undefeated, Magan David coming in with only one loss. The Warriors really the only team that could upend DRS for the top seed in the division, coming in on a six-game winning streak. However, when coming up against DRS, the top team in the division, all streaks seem to come to an end, as DRS took down Mag and David 52-42. to So that stops the six-game winning streak of the Warriors, handing them their first loss since November, uh, when they lost to Hank by one. The loss relegates the Warriors to fighting for the second seed in their remaining game with half their next Thursday night. For DRS, this pretty much clinches the division crown. We'll uh, take a little more look at that when we get to the playoff scenarios for JV basketball. Moving over to the West, uh, Start out with a win for SAR, 68-33 over Ramaz. The Sting jumped out to a 29-9 lead at the half. Ramaz would double their output in the third quarter, alone scoring 20, but could not keep the Sting from keeping pace and leading 45-29. Unfortunately for the Rams, the gas tank hit empty as they would only score four points in the fourth quarter in this Sting romp, 68-33. Oshi Bloom led all scorers with 16 for SAR in the win. Sammy Sokol pitched in with 14. Gabe Fisher led Ramaz with 9 in the loss. The Ramaz loss drops their final record to 6-4, removing them from contention for a first-round home game. Where they will play and whom is still up in the air. This is in part because of a game that wasn't originally scheduled for last week, but ended up happening anyways as Maor and Hillel faced off two weeks before the calendar really had them doing so. Maor won that game 52-32, to and this means that they are still in the running for a playoff spot depending on what MTA does next week in their last game against SAR. We'll get into that shortly when we run through all of the playoff scenarios. Let's go back to the top, though, and by the top we mean the very top. The SAR win over Ramaz meant that they would still be undefeated, making them 7-0, heading into their anticipated showdown with 8-0 Frisch, a rematch of last year's championship game. With the schedules that both teams had, and all of the teams behind them finishing with at least three losses, the winner of this game would pretty much hold the keys to the division crown. For SAR, it would mean another win away from the crown. For for Frisch, the 9-0 record would effectively mean the title for Frisch. And clinch they would, as they would top the Sting 54-50. For the Cougars, the four-point victory was the smallest margin of victory that they've had against any team this season. Meanwhile, for SAR, this was the closest result that they've had all year as well. If this is any indicator, it's not a stretch to believe that we could see these two teams meeting up again in YU in March for a repeat of last year's phenomenal JV final, although I'm sure that DRS and a few other teams would like to have something to say about that first. Meanwhile, JEC defeated Heschel 62-38. The win improved the Thunder to 7-3 into a third-place tie with TABC. The Thunder, however, hold the tiebreaker as a result of their 49-44 overtime victory back in November. This will give JEC the third seed in the West. And finally, the week also featured a game between our last two winless teams in the West, Hillel and Westchester. Hillel, however, is winless no more as they defeated the Wolverines 48-30. Unfortunately for both teams, this game marks the end of both of their seasons. Uh, that was a, the uh, all of the games for the last two weeks leading up to the break. Let's take a look at the standings now in JV. Almost every team has reached that 
point where they're at one game remaining. Uh, out in the East, one team's finished up. That's Derek Hattori with 10. Uh, it's taking a look at, sorry, with 10 games having been played. Taking a look from the top down, first place is DRS at 9-0. and Second is Hafter at 8-1. and Third place, Magan at 7-2. and Hank at 6-3. and Derek Hattori at 6-4. and Flatbush at 5-4. and YDE at 3 and 6, North Shore at 3 and 6, Rambam at 2 and 7, Ezra at 1 and 8, Shari Torah at 0 and 9, uh, DRS, Hafter, Megan, David, Hank, Derek Torah, and Flatbush all having clinched playoff berths. Out in the West, Frisch at 9 and 0, SAR, the only team to not have reached at least the 9 game mark, uh, having played 8, is 7 and 1, JEC and TABC at 7 and 3. Ramaz at six and four, MTA at five and four, Maor at five and five, Heschel at three and six, Kushner at two and seven, Hillel at one and nine, Westchester at O oh and ten. Gonna do now is like in uh, like in varsity. Gonna take you through the games of the week, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about how each uh, team in the playoff race is affected by those games. So starting on uh, starting on this coming Thursday, we'll have Heschel and SAR playing. That is a West game. Uh, we'll uh, also have uh, this coming uh, sorry next Tuesday. Uh, we'll uh, start the week of the last week of competition. We'll have DRS and Rambam doing battle. Uh, then Wednesday we'll see Frisch and Kushner and SAR and MTA facing off. That'll finish out the West schedule. Then going back to the East to finish off for Thursday, uh, two games, Hafter, Mag, and David, YDE, and Ezra. And Saturday night we'll feature Hank and Shari Torah and Flatbush at North Shore. Just a little bit of a reminder as to how the uh, as to how the playoffs work in JV, much like varsity. The top two teams in the in each conference will get a bye. The uh, the next four teams will fold and face each other. So uh, you know the Division three team will face that Division six, and that Division four will host that Divisions five. The winners will then reseed to the to one through four with the two teams that. Uh, that uh, from their division that didn't play that got the bye, and then they'll flip Olympic style for the second round. So uh, just an example. Um, again, we'll start out with uh, with the uh, with the West. If West one and West two get a bye, West three will face West six. West four will face West five. They'll then reseed based on rank. So if uh, the West three team wins and the West four or five team wins, the West the West 4 or 5 team will become the West 4 team, no matter who it is. If the West 6 team wins, then the winner of the uh, West 4 or 5 game will become effectively the th- like the 3 seed, and the West 6 team will become the lowest seed, and then they'll cross over, such that uh, the East top team will face the lowest remaining seed from the West, the West top team will face the lowest remaining seed from the East, and the uh, and the two remaining teams, uh, the second lowest from the east, will face the second highest from the west, and the second lowest from the west will face the second highest from the east. And it'll work this way: it'll be the uh, it'll be the west one east two bracket, and the east one west two bracket. So that's how that will shape up. Let's take a look at the individual conferences now. 
Currently, DRS has won the Eastern the Eastern Conference. They will be the East one seed. The game with Rambam uh, next Tuesday won't matter much for anything other than just keeping their undefeated season going. For Rambam, it doesn't mean much really. Uh, maybe one extra win if they can get it. Uh, otherwise, they will finish out... Uh, Right, pretty much where they stand now. Right now, they're two and seven. They could either be three and seven or two and eight. Uh, the game that people are really watching, though, for the uh, for the JV East is going to be the game that happens uh, next Thursday, Hafter and Mag and Dave, because this game will determine who the two and three seeds are, or possibly even the four seed. Let's put it this way. The winner of this game is the two seed. If Hafter wins, it becomes the two seed. Then Mag and David will either be the three or the four. I'll get to that in a minute. Let's go the other way around. If Mag and David wins, Mag and David is the two, Hafter is the three. That's set in stone. That's clear cut. Going back the other way, Hafter wins, Hafter is the two. What happens with Mag and David? That it'll depend on what happens with Hank. Because Mag and David will be 7-3 and three at that point if they lose. And it'll be all up to Hank's game against Shari Tora. Hank currently holds the tiebreaker over Mag and David because of their win early on in the season. So if Hank were to then defeat Shari Tora, a Mag and David loss would tie them at 7-3. and three. Hank would jump over Mag and David. Hank would be the three seed. Mag and David would effectively be the four. So there's a lot to lose for Mag and David in uh, in losing this game. Uh, again, a win makes it very simple. A win makes them the two. A loss could put them at the, at the mercy of Hank, hoping that Shari Tora, currently winless on the year, could take out Hank. But what we do know is that Hank will know what they're fighting for by the time their game comes the next Saturday night. There are, however, a couple of more scenarios that involve Hank, and it involves the entire 4 through 6 battle as well. So here is how the way it, here's how it looks. Right now, again, Hank is six and three, Derekator is six and four, Flatbush is five and four. So those are our four through six currently. So here are the four scenarios as they could happen, and they involve the Hank Shari Torah game and the Flatbush North Shore game. And those are really the only games that affect this. The, the Mag and David game will only really affect Hank. So Let's break this down to its basic scenario. Uh, the Hank Shari Torah game, Flatbush North Shore. Let's say Hank wins their game, Flatbush wins their game. If that happens, Hank will be at least the four. As we said, they could also be the three. Flatbush would be the five, Derek Torah would be the six. So the way it would work is Mag and David and Hank would host Flatbush and Derek Torah. Um, Hank. Again, we're talking if Mag and David loses their game, Hank would be the three seed, Mag and David would be the four seed, Flatbush would be the five, Derek Otoro would be the six. If half, if, a Mag, if Mag and David wins against Hafter, then Hafter would be the three, hosting Derek Otoro. Hank would be the four, hosting Flatbush. Let's say Hank were to win and Flatbush were to lose. Hank would be at least the four, Derek Otoro would be the five, and Flatbush would be the six. So just really the inverse. So for, so for Flatbush, in order for them to jump over Derek Otoro, they have to win their game against North Shore. North Shore at three and six, Flatbush at five and four. Uh, sort of close between the two. The question is whether or not it'll happen. Let's say Hank loses their game against Shari Tora, though. What'll happen then? Let's, let's start talking if Hank loses and Flatbush Flatbush loses. So if that happens, Derek Hattora will jump into the four spot and will host Hank, who they beat earlier on in the year, and will have Flatbush at six. 
Now there is one real interesting scenario. Let's we get let's say we get to the scenario where Hank loses and Flatbush wins. What would that mean? Let's take a look at the standings board. So if Hank loses, they would be six and four. If Flatbush wins, they would then be six and four as well, and tied with Derekatora currently at six and four. So it creates a three-way tie. Even more interesting is that. All three teams won and lost to each other. Derek Hattora beat Hank, lost to Flatbush. Hank lost to Derek Hattora, beat Flatbush. Flatbush was 1-1 one one against both of those teams. So we then go down to the next tiebreaker scenario, which is percentage or record against playoff teams. In that scenario, Hank would happen to be the victor because they were 2-3 and three against playoff teams, whereas Derek Hattora and Flatbush would both be 1-4. and four. So Hank would automatically get the 4 seed in that. Then it would come down to Derek Hattora and Flatbush for the 5-6, and six, with Flatbush having the head-to-head over Derek Hattora. Flatbush would take that, meaning Flatbush would be the 5 and Derek Hattora would be the 6. So a lot of, uh, a lot of variety in the East. Taking a look, again, DRS is clinched into the one. The two could either be Hafter or Mag and David. The three could either be Hafter, Mag and David, or Hank. The four, five, and six could be Mag. And the four seed could be Mag and David, Derakatora, Hank, or Flatbush. The five and six could be Derakatora, Hank. Uh, or, sorry, could be Derakatora, uh, Hank, or Flatbush for the five. And the six can only either be Derakatora. Or Flatbush. So again, a lot of teams that could be in several different scenarios, some not knowing whether or not they will host until that Saturday night. Moving over to the West, a little more even and a little easier. Frisch uh, has the top seed, the one seed, uh, by virtue of the win over SAR. SAR automatically gets the two seed. Why is that? Right now they're seven and one. Let's say they lose their two games against Heschel and MTA. It's not going to matter much because they've already defeated JEC and TABC. Having the tiebreaker over both of those two teams, even if they were all finished at seven and three, they would still have it. So SAR is automatically the two. That being the case. Uh, JEC and TABC finishing with records of 7-3. and three. As I said earlier, because JEC defeated TABC, JEC has the 3, TABC has the 4. The only two seeds really up for grabs are the 5 and 6, and there's really only one game that'll give us the answer to that, and that'll be next Saturday night's game between SAR and MTA. Now, why is that? Right now, MTA sits at 5-4, and four. Uh, Ramaz at 6-4, and four. Maor at 5-5. Five five. Maor finishes at 5-5. Five and five. Where Ramaz, Ramaz has already clinched, so let's just make that known. Ramaz doesn't know where they're going to be facing yet, as I said earlier, but they've clinched a playoff spot. The real issue is MTA Maor. Maor, having won their game this week, puts them at 5-5. Five and five. MTA now has the pressure on them, because, let's put it this way, if MTA loses to SAR, they're tied with Maor at 5-5. Five and five. Maor's upset win over MTA a few weeks ago gives them the tiebreaker, in which case Maor will clinch a playoff spot, be the 6th seed. Ramaz will then be the 5. Let's say... Let's say MTA wins then. MTA at that point will be 6-4. and four. MTA has the tiebreaker over Ramaz. So MTA will be the 5 seed. Ramaz will be the 6 seed. So here is really how it looks. Assuming that MTA loses, it will be the 3 seed JEC against the 6 seed Maor and the 4 seed TABC hosting Ramaz.
If MTA wins, it'll be the three-seed JEC hosting Ramaz and the four-seed TABC hosting MTA. So a little bit easier to figure out on the Western front. Really comes down to one game. The Frisch Kushner game is virtually meaningless with the exception of uh, Frisch going for the undefeated season. The Heschel SAR game really doesn't mean much to either team. Um, just uh, another game that these two have to play a repeat of last week's game. Going back, YDE Ezra is a game that doesn't really mean much to either team. Every other game, uh, sorry, and again, the Rambam DRS game, uh, again, doesn't mean much to either team except for DRS going for an undefeated season. Again, the three, the four games that really matter, though, are the Hafter Mag and David game next Thursday, the two games next Saturday night, not this coming, but the one after, the, the 6th of February, the Hank Shari Torah and Flappish North Shore game, and the one for the West next Wednesday, SAR and MTA. Wow, see, told you it was a lot. Um, okay, so just just to basically recap uh, for for uh, varsity and JV basketball, the next two weeks, well, more like more next week, but again, each of them, each uh, league has one game this week, but it's five, six, seven, eight games for for JV basketball, and sixteen games for varsity basketball. So twenty-four games between the two, and Almost all of them have major significance. So next week, when we come back, is going to be really, really, really hectic for just about all leagues. I, I think it was, looking at the clock now, I think it was a great idea to, to push girls off to next week. I think that we'll be able to give the girls' leagues the, uh, the time and attention that they really do deserve. If we were to do next week instead, if not, we'd be rushed into a two or three minute window here, and I really don't think that would do them justice. So, uh, we will leave that to next week. Right now, we are going to go to the Words for the Wise segment for the week. Last week, we uh, we uh, went through the words of Bob Cousy at 72 in the 100 best sports quotes of all time, according to uh, Bleacher Report. And now we're going to actually go one further down to Bobby Jones at 71, Bobby Jones' famous golfer. His quote is, Competitive sports are played mainly on a five-and-a-half-inch court, the space between your ears. All the time, I, I talk about how how sports is played on the mental field first. You have the ability to be as good as you want to be, you have the ability to do whatever you want to do as long as you put your mind to it first. If you go out there and you think and you feel like you're going to win, you have a better chance. If you go out there and you think and you feel like you're going to lose, it's more likely that you will. The games that you play and, and the sports that you play, and even in life truly, everything is all in your head first. How you approach it, how you think about it, how you feel about it, it is going to impact what happens. If you if you go out there and believe that you can't do something, it's not going to happen. That's why you always have to have a positive mindset. You know, it's always you know they say chess is a thinking man, a thinking man's game. The truth is, every sport is a thinking man's game. As long as you think that you can do something, you will be able to do it. Uh, but 
but you have to be able to be positive about it. You have to you have to be smart about it. You can't approach it from a you know from from an illogical perspective. And it's true. You know, everything that you do is inside of your head. I, I mean, even even the great Yogi Berra had a quote to that effect, and it's actually just a little further down this list. It's uh, on a um, a full um, a full list of yogi's quotes at 65. Baseball is 90% mes- uh, mental. The other half is physical. Um, take with that what you will. Maybe we'll have a yogi quote-a-thon over the next few weeks, as that is number 65. Um, but I-, I think the message still rings uh, still rings true. You know, sports are are played in your head first, and if you can envision and imagine something going a certain way, then it, it is more likely to uh, to occur. Before we leave, I want to make special mention of someone today. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to the one of the strongest women that I know, my mother, Leia. Um, this Tuesday night, or if you're listening on Tuesday night, it's tonight. Uh, this Tuesday night will be uh, my mother's birthday. Um, so, happy birthday, Mom. Um, I mean, ironically, the um, the truth is that tomorrow is also going... Tomorrow would have been... Uh, for, I mean, for those of you that, that know me, you know that my dad... Uh, you know the story with my dad, my dad passing away almost 10 years ago. Tomorrow night, uh, Monday night, actually would have been their 35th wedding anniversary. So, um, I, I want to just make special mention of somebody who has been a rock and been uh, so solid, uh, I mean, especially over the last 10 years, but you truly are a superstar, and I, I want to thank you for uh, for putting up with me and for uh, and for all that you do. I think it just deserved a very special mention uh, on a day that's really, really important. Well, that's our show for today. Again, thank you so much for listening to uh, to uh, us go through that entire basketball uh, JV and varsity boys recap. Next week, we will head through the girls uh, JV and two varsity. I, I, we'll see if we can get time, to, if we really need to do girls B next week, but we'll put more attention to it. We'll make it a focus. We'll, uh, we'll, take you, we'll go through the other leagues again, just in a small manner, and uh, we'll catch you up to date on what's going to on what's going to be the games to watch going into the last week of the season. Uh, thank you again for listening. If you were, if you're listening to me on your vacation, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm glad that you tuned in to, uh, to listen to what's going on back home on some sandy beach somewhere, which looking outside, I wish I was, and I'm sure everybody else here in New York wishes that we were. If you're still here in New York and you're listening, uh, be safe, be careful. Uh, don't do anything uh, crazy. I still want you to be around to listen next week and uh, beyond. So please be safe and uh, stay warm, really. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can also catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. 
Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on Jam in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning Jam in the AM sports update. Just as a public service announcement, there will be no Tuesday morning Jam in the AM sports update this week because we will be on vacation. But tune in next week to hear all the latest in playoff updates. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com